episode, a live episode of Building Minnesota Rocker, the podcast uh, up up here on the channel. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, hello, we are live. I can see you in the chat. I'm super stoked to be here. I am here uh, as Ashley, hello aka Midnight, and uh, episode, a live episode. Listen, listen, dude, some production issues, but I got it covered. I'm Ashley, aka Midnight, joined by Brian. Saint, head coach of the Minnesota Rocker. We've got Jake, a.k.a. Reppin, uh, assistant coach and lead analyst here for the team. And then Brett Diamond, the COO. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Great. Uh, today has been an eventful day. Uh, um, uh, I think we need to tweet the stream out. Yep. Well, we're live now, so we can just – We'll. I'm sure someone will get on that. I've told them to <laughs> – Let's go. <laughs> so we could just get started right into it. We're we're good to go. Um so we we've got people in the chat actually already waiting here. Um so shout out to you guys. You're here early. That's the notification gang, truly, if, if you're if you're looking for we who's who's here right away. So obviously today's a big, big day. We've announced um our roster formally for the twenty twenty one season. Whew. Wow. Uh Guys, obviously, I wanted to hop on here with Brett just kind of as we have done the last couple of weeks and kind of talk through, like, what's happening, what's what's roster mania, what's going on. Now that we've officially announced the team, we can speak much more openly about, uh, you know, everything that's been going on. So uh, in case you missed the notification video or anything like that, Brian, why don't you give us a rundown of uh, of the <laughs> roster and we'll, we'll get into some questions from the chat. Yeah, for sure. Um Basically, I mean, as, as everyone is priority seeing, the roster is going to be accuracy, attach, major maniac, and priesta. Uh, this offseason, our goal was to put a championship caliber squad together. And, you know, with the players on the market, I think we got the best possible mix that we could have. Uh, if we want to go in the roles a little bit, uh, we have Dylan, who's been a main SMG pretty much his entire career. He's, he's flexed like once or twice in certain teams, kind of fill that gap. Uh, Priest is the same way. You saw him in Black Ops 4 on the 100 Thieves roster. He added a ton of pace to that team, uh, slotting in there as the Grapple Sog when they picked him up, and it made their team go from a team that was one game away from not qualifying for the Pro League to winning back-to-back -back events uh, right after. I think him and Attach are two of the most versatile players uh, in, you know, maybe even COD history. Both of them can do it all, but I feel like with this roster, they kind of get to be in their comfort zone running the two SMGs all the time. And then we round out that roster with Accuracy and Major Maniac. Accuracy historically has been a main AR his entire career. Uh, I think he brings a lot of leadership to the team. Really clutch player, really disciplined discipline player, which is, you know, someone that we need. And Major Maniac, he was a main AR uh, for FaZe last year. So people do think that can be a bit of a pacing issue. But prior to that, in Black Ops 4 and World War II, he was a flex player the entire time, both those years. In World War II, he was um, also teaming with Mox, who has been a main AR. And, you know, there wasn't too many pacing issues there. I think he saw it really well as a flex. And he's also a player who brings a ton to the team in terms of uh, discipline and mindset. Yeah, I think if we talk about the, the pacing of the team, too, especially when you look at Major Maniac, I think a lot of fans um, kind of overlook the fact that halfway through the season, um, FaZe even had Maniac, took Maniac off the main AR, 
and tried running different variations of him running a, a flex role, running an MP5. So him in particular, like he is super, super He's, versatile. Yeah. And people um, don't really know that. I mean, yeah, I think one, the fact that that role switch was uh, tinkered with. And then two, if you just look back to Black Ops 4, like Brian said, it, it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense, honestly. I know one of the first um, kind of reactions, and frankly, my reaction, too, to seeing the squad on paper was, oh, wow, like, we had a pacing issue last year, and now we have two, like, two players who played main AR last year, right, in Major Maniac the, being the main mm -hmm. AR on phase. But, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started the stream up, but Major Maniac was not a main AR on Black Ops 2 or World War II. Um, and I think maybe just people have a lot of, maybe, I don't know if it's recency bias. I mean, I can't blame him. He did just play a year as a main AR, but understanding the versatility that each of the players on our squad has is, is really important. Um, so definitely want to get into some questions from the chat. Cause you know, as advertised, that's what we do. Um, so these are some good questions. Uh, I think this is a good one for Brett. So hold on. I want to try to remember the names of the people who are asking the questions. Um, Christian Chudzik wants to know, will players be looking to find places in Texas to take advantage of the connection there with the assumption that CDL will be online, or will the players be in the Twin Cities once again? Brett, do you want to kind of head up, um, obviously last year we had our players moving to Minnesota during the regular season of CDL. What, uh, are there any developments? Has the pandemic impacted that? Like, what's going on for this next season? Yeah, so I can tag team this one with the coaches. I'll let them cover the competitive aspects. And, and there was a certainly part of that in the question, which is a great question. Uh, philosophically, as an organization, we talked a lot about this um, as this past season concluded and, and at the start of, of Roster Mania. Um, and, and really where we landed on it is long term it's still important to us that the players that are going to rep Minnesota and have Minnesota on their Jersey live in Minnesota. But even this past season during the pandemic, it's something that we want to be flexible on for a couple of reasons. One, there's just the human element, right? We want to give players a little more flexibility um, than we might otherwise while we're still in pandemic world. Um, but then also from a competitive standpoint, um, there are a lot of players talking about living in certain places and I'll let the coaches cover that part of it, but you know, the short version or really the answer to the question is for this year, we are not requiring the players to live in Minnesota long-term um, you know, looking ahead to the 2022 season. We do want, uh, we do, we do look at it as it's still a Minnesota team. We still, uh, we still want to have the guys here, but short-term uh, they're going to live elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically the plan this year is I know all the guys on our team are kind of intending on moving to the Dallas area where they're going to be able to get really sufficient practice day in and day out, uh, no matter, you know, who we're scrimming. And on top of that, it's really going to benefit them for the online league matches uh, whenever those come about. But yeah, in the future, we definitely want people out here. And, you know, whenever LAN events do come around, we want to have everyone fly out here and, you know, boot camp together for um, – a few weeks at a time before major events. Couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think, like Brett said, one amazing question. Um, it's it's super important to us that in the short term, the players are comfortable and are put at the best advantage to perform the best they possibly can in an online dominated tournament environment. Um, but once we're able to shift over to land play again, we want to be able to 
take full advantage of our facility. We want to host amazing boot camps. Um, and, and, you know, we really do want the players to be over in Minnesota. So there's some flexibility there in the short term, but in the long term, I think we'll, you'll be seeing a lot of the guys in the twin cities. I'm stoked for that, dude. We, uh, just from a content POV, I'm stoked to have the guys here as much as humanly possible. Um, obviously in the interim, we are planning to, um, you know, shoot stuff with them remotely. Um, I know obviously the announcement video that went up today, um, really, really quick, scrappy project. I think it came out really nice. Uh, Jake, Brian, you guys, uh, your Oscars are in the mail. You guys did great. <laughs> Or as great Thank as you, you could, which is amazing. I, I actually really liked it though. Um, I know it's kind of, it's kind of different. It was more than just kind of like releasing some B-roll or highlights, which we are going to do. Like those are cool, necessary things for when a, a new player joins a team, obviously. But we wanted to have fun with it, get kind of scrappy. Um, but we do have some cool, like we have media days planned f uh, with production companies that. We'll be kind of seeing the guys where they are right now and obviously making sure that you guys here on this channel have uh, have great content to watch. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, keep in mind, guys, we are doing a Q&A today live on the stream. And just under 20 minutes, we're actually going to have the players join the call um, and just kind of ask them some questions, you know, from from the chat here. So but until then, I have I have questions for for the group now. Uh, Zumek wants to know who is going to be main AR SMGs and flex i know brian you kind of went, gave us like an overview mm -hmm. um especially based on like the players histories but just in specific with this group of guys what's the layout for the team yeah i, I think the the layout is pretty self-explanatory for this team uh accuracy will inevitably be the main ar it's the role he's ran his entire career major maniac going to be slotted in that flex spot uh, and priesta and attach will be the two smgs assuming that's the meta for this game but you know even if it if it ends up being like a super AR heavy game, then we have you know two people on our subs that can slot into an AR role as well. Right on. Um, another related uh, question again from Christian Chudzik: uh, Who will be the entry sub? Like, is that this? Can we do, do we decide that before the game comes out? Do we wait? Do we already know who's like the main entry sub for the team? Um, you know, in four v four, I wouldn't say a main entry sub is entirely a role in 5v5 it was definitely a bit more necessary having one of the subs kind of be that person that slides in a lot but uh assuming it's a two sub meta uh i think both dylan and uh preston can kind of slot that role preston was a really good and incredible entry sub back in black ops 4 so you know you kind of have to lean toward him being the person that's going to slide in first a little bit more but um both of them are going to be doing it just kind of depends on the situation on the map yeah, I agree. Um, also, that that's a that's another really good question, particularly because I know that's something that the teams actually talked about in the last couple of days. Is sort of like, I right, look, um, how can we be as effective as possible? And I think Preston and Dylan, Attach and Priesto, both are actively trying to work around the map together. Uh, and like Brian sort of pointed to, in terms of recency bias, a lot of people forget that Priesto was that really fast really cracked SOG player in Black Ops 4. Um, I, I think the notion that we have a sort of slow team <laughs> is looking at the roles that everyone played in Modern Warfare and, you know, sort of generalizing um, generalizing off that. So I, I really think, or I, I want to challenge the average viewer to maybe go back and watch some VOD from other games to see, to see really the pace at which these guys prefer to play at when they're not pigeonholed into a, a smaller, or um, 
sorry, slower roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even earlier in this season, they uh, Faze kind of had Preston on the do everything for us roll. They had him running a full-time SMG, SMG with a smoke and a trophy system for like the first half of the season this year. This guy was sliding in hills, dropping a trophy, getting all their smokes. Like he is easily the most versatile player in COD. Makes sense to me, man. I think, um, I mean, especially like when I look at the layout of the team, uh, a lot of people were extremely excited, right, at this announcement. This is obviously, I mean, like all love to our, our first season Minnesota Rocker players. I think it was a, an incredible year in a lot of ways. Um, but a lot of people, I think the this roster really kind of blew their hair back. They were maybe not expecting it. Um, talk a little bit about, this is just my genuine curiosity. This isn't even from the chat. This is just Ashley asking, or Midnight asking. Um, why, like, just, <coughs> like, swipe and start over on the, on the roster was it um did 4v4 factor into that um that the switch there and what did you guys kind of think after the season ending obviously started really really pretty pretty well but ended up ultimately finishing ninth which is pretty disappointing so what led to just like hey like let's start fresh let's try going into year two with with an all-new starting lineup yeah um we felt like if we extended any of the player on our team's plus ones it kind of pigeonholed us in a spot where we would have been building a team that was really similar to what we had this year. I don't think 4 e 4 or 5v5 really had any impact at all with the, with the four players we currently have now. I think going into a 5v5 game, this four with, you know, one more SMG added to the roster, someone like uh, Asim would have been an absolutely incredible team. So 4 e 4 versus 5v5 wasn't really uh, too much of a factor for us. We, we just judged players based on their skill throughout the entirety of the careers. If someone's good uh, year in, year out, you kind of expect to get the same out of them uh, no matter what the game's going to be like. Yeah, I think to your point, Ashley, as well, you know, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And I think we used the first um, CDL season as almost a test because we were able to look at our shortcomings, figure out um, what made our team uh, regress and then we kind of strategized and tried to troubleshoot, um, you know, particular rosters that would uh, make sure that we weren't facing some of the same issues that we faced in year one. So for us, there were a lot of key um, sort of intangibles we were looking for in players. Um, and just we had a lot in mind when building this team um, and a lot of the problems that we were trying to fix. Um were able to be fixed by acquiring these four. So guys, there's a lot of questions in the chat that go around a theme of how did the team come together and what was that sequence? Um, so if one of you guys wants to take a crack at answering that first, I'll, I'll, I'll give my perspective. I, but let's I start can go after it. Yeah, so um, from the start, we were kind of weighing out all the options out there. We had uh, a multitude of players reach out to us. And we went to the players and we're like, okay, propose a roster a roster to us. Like, what team do you think you would be good? Who do you think you would like to play with? And, you know, we'll go and we'll put all these potential rosters on a, you know, metaphorical whiteboard is kind of the phrase Jake would always use. And um, once we kind of weighed out a lot of options, we felt like going for the uh, package of accuracy and attach. It was a really good uh, baseline for us. And, you know, those were two players we could work around with in a multitude of ways. 
And from there, we were hearing Major Maniac was uh, on the market as well. And we thought, uh, this guy's incredible. He'll bring so much to the team uh, in, you know, so many different ways, especially in terms of attitude and work ethic. So we were kind of targeting those three initially. And then when we heard there was an option that we could go get Preston as well, we said, let's go, let's, let's throw that out there and, you know, and let's just get after it. Uh, we really weren't expecting this four to come together from the start of roster mania. And once we found out this was something that could actually, actually happen, uh, we pursued it extremely aggressively and, you know, all the cards ended up laying out in our favor. I think that's a perfect summary. Um, it was, it was, look, we can get attached and accuracy. Let's do this. At, that's sort of the main AR, the sub role. And we saw Mike was free. That was a no brainer. And then once we found out that Preston was a possibility, we just aggressively pursued him. We knew that that's kind of who we needed to round out this roster. That's what made sense to us. And candidly, in the beginning of roster mania, Brian and I are putting names on this hypothetical whiteboard yeah we're asking players to come to us and we're saying if if you want to come here if you're hitting us up come to us with an idea um but obviously brian and i are trying to do some creating ourselves and that was one of the rosters we went to brett and said brett if we can get these guys we're like we need to get them because they will they will bring championships home to minnesota yeah, and it's it's pretty interesting to to peel back some of the layers for the fans to to hear a little bit more of the process. You know, so shortly after the regular season ended, we had the coaches um, put together potential options for year two, not knowing exactly which players are going to be available. Um, we reviewed those with with ownership, um, and even in that conversation, you know, and I think the the coaches did an awesome job of really laying out, you know, here's what it looks like to go after a top roster. Here's examples of what that might look like. Here's, you know, here's option two, option three, et cetera. Um, it didn't seem likely that there would be a free agent of Priesta's caliber available. Right. Um, and so as, as um, even as, as rec even once it sort of became clear that, that that's what Atlanta's move was going to be, um, you know, all the rumors were right that he was going to go to OGLA and we were hearing the same things that, you know, most of the, I mean, the coaches probably heard more than I heard, but, you know, generally we were hearing the same rumors that the fans were. Um, and then I'll, I, I don't think I'll ever forget. I was, I was out, we were having a call like, uh, you know, in the evening one night and I was going to a target to pick something up. And I was like walking outside the target, talking with these guys and, you know, we're talking about all these different scenarios and it all sort of involves like, yeah, we probably, it's probably a long shot to get priest day. And we all just sort of towards the end of the conversation said, well, let's, let's be aggressive here. Let's make a run at this. Let's, if there's, if there's even a chance that we can pick up, you know, this, this four, this, all four of these guys um, and have this be our team, let's be aggressive. Um, and we're fortunate to have the, awesome support of, of ownership. Um, Will family's incredibly supportive. Uh, Gary was on the phone uh, talking to guys and DMing them. Um, and, you know, it took a, it took a little while to come together. A lot of conversations. Um, I think, I think the coaches had twice as many conversations as I had and I had a lot. Uh, but ultimately uh, we pretty, pretty pumped about where we're ending up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, initially we were kind of under the impression that, you know, 
maybe we get like one or two vets on the team and kind of have like a bit of a rebuild season with some younger talent. Uh, we were really digging deep into the uh, challenger talent pool and kind of seeing who was out there because, you know, we didn't really expect to uh, get a roster of this caliber this offseason, kind of just with how many players um, were getting their plus ones extended. But uh, whenever when everything lined up, it just seemed like a no brainer. I can't believe it still. I'm so excited, dude, from a content POV. Obviously, I know I've known Attached for a long time. The kid loves content. Um, love to see that. Priesta, I've noticed, has just been on his grind with, with that stuff lately. And, you know, Accuracy and Major Maniac, you know, they understand the value there too. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think that's that's really – bodes really well for, for me and everything that I'm focused on, but also just the caliber of player that these guys are. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's that's really, I think, maybe not underrated or undervalued. I'm not sure the, the exact word, but it's hard as hell to build a roster three months before the new COD comes out. I think people don't consider that often enough. I do agree that, you know, if you're good at COD, you're going to generally, like, pick up the new one pretty fast. But there's always those crazy, um, there's blind spots, obviously, going into something like that, especially when you're moving from 5v5 to 4v4 and, and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. But here's a question I'm seeing come up quite a bit, but I selected it from Crappy1. Shout out to your name. I bet you're not crappy. Um, they're asking, who is the substitute or are we still deciding? So obviously moving down from 5v5 <laughs> to 4v4, we only have four people officially on the roster now. What are we doing with those sub spots? How many do we have? Do we have a plan? Do we want to share our plan? I honestly don't know, like, if you guys want to share or not, but I'd just give a little, maybe some intel a little here. Um, You want to take this one, Jake? Yeah, happy to take it. Um, look, building out a bench is super important to us at Minnesota this year. It's something that we've talked about being a focal point, um, you know, even before Roster Mania started. We we thought we were sort of disadvantaged in the inaugural season, um, just in terms of, you know, lack of, of bench pool toward the end of the year when we think we could have benefited from having a deeper uh, roster there. So it's something we're taking seriously and a really good question. I think something we are heavily considering and something that we think is the smart decision is sitting tight on picking up a substitute player immediately. We kind of uh, want to see who proves themselves, who from the challenger scene is outperforming, you know, their peers and try to pull the trigger on someone who's going to make an impact at rocker for the long haul. So what you say it is, are y'all picking me up for the sub spot or not? Like, what are we doing here? Come on. I've been playing Warzone. The, the new the new COD's a Treyarch COD. Like, put me in. Let's go. I'm just, I'm literally joking. Please do not do that for the love of this team. <laughs> uh, Brian, did you have anything to kind of add? Like, obviously, looking at the challengers side of things or maybe even, you know, just, just kind of not rushing to fill those sub spots, mm -hmm. being that our, our, our starting four are so strong. What are your thoughts on the philosophy this year of what these sub these subspots could could mean to our team? Yeah, I definitely think there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. Uh, there's players that I'm I'm heavily looking at uh, currently uh, in this moment. However, uh, it's kind of a decision on whether you want to go, you know, take a chance and snag someone right now, or wait and see how the game plays out a little bit and see who's performing really well in challengers. Makes sense to me. Hey, guys, so in two minutes, we'll be bringing on the four starters. I believe they're streaming right now, uh, which is pretty awesome. By the way, like, not to pat our own subs on the back, but I love the announcement today. Um, you know, having the guys all live, playing together. 
instant content. I love that. Um, and obviously the the cute little announcement video that we put out. Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. I'm just like, yo, we have our four. Like, let's start generating content. Let's get these guys playing together, doing their thing. They're streaming right now, um, and we'll be calling them back. Uh, we'll be calling them into this call actually to kind of answer some questions. So if you guys have questions specific for any of the players, whether it be attach, accuracy, Priesta, Major Maniac, make sure to put them in the chat, and we'll get um, you know we'll get those ready for the, for you guys. So um, here's a question. Actually, kind of related to what I just said that we can answer before the guys get in here. George asks, how long did they all know about the final starting roster? And have they done any or have they developed any team chemistry before today's Warzone game? So can you guys speak to like what are the histories of these players? It truly is two duos kind of coming together. But talk a little bit about um, either Brian or Jake, the, the history of this team and uh, if there's team chem yet or not. Yeah, I, I think just right off the bat, uh, there's a good amount of chem with this team. Uh, Attach has teamed with both Priesta and Accuracy before. Uh, Major Maniac has teamed with Priesta. Accuracy has teamed with Attach. So I think there's just some natural chemistry there uh, in the first place. And no, today was not, you know, kind of the first day they knew this was happening. Uh, we kind of had this roster pretty much ready to go for maybe like a week or so at this point, like is how long we've had it planned. But uh, obviously things need to get sorted out contract wise and, and stuff like that, you know, buyouts, et cetera, et cetera. From a chemistry standpoint, um, accuracy and attach have been best friends since they were amateur players. So, um, those guys were friends with one another since black ops Two. believe it or not, they really are super tight knit. Um, you know, attach and Preston have, Priest have obviously um, teamed together and experienced success with one another. And then you tie that in with Major Maniac's, um, you know, experience with Priest over on phase. It seems like everyone sort of uh, meshed in our minds, everyone meshed together really well. And the guys have been talking a lot in the off season. I, I think they even spoke to one another, um, you know, before anything was finalized, just explaining how excited they would be if they ended up in Minnesota together. So, yes, these guys have known for a little bit, and they've 1,000% been talking and, and been sort of hanging out virtually. Right on. And speaking of the guys, speaking of them hanging out, I'm going to get them on the line. Question most fans would have. Probably Dylan. Oh. Dylan's been smiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be like, Dylan. So too. Like Dylan, or I mean, uh, I, I can Michael, myself, you know, it depends what we're feeling. Like, we might switch Honestly, it up sometimes. Like, I just pull out too. I wanna, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, rush yeah. something. Like, <laughs> yeah, from the one I watched at Cold War, Sniper looked dumb yeah. easy. So, yeah. I have yeah. seen a lot I'm of people easy. ask, like, Preston, like, why he why he chose to come here over like some of the other uh rumored Ooh. rosters. A good question. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, everything just felt right about it. it. Like everything that was talked about with the team, like it just it just felt right compared to the other like rosters that I was looking at. And it was just I don't know. It was just something I wanted to do. There's nothing much other than that. It just felt better than the other you know options I had. I like Dang that. Dang right, yeah, I like, like that, that answer. too. Yeah, <laughs> real good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question. Um, a lot of people are pretty concerned about the roles and, and how that's kind of going to look with this team. Obviously, Major Maniac uh, and and Accuracy obviously both played main AR in the most recent season, but Major Maniac, that's always been the case for you. You were not the main AR, I believe, in Black Ops 
uh, for or in World War II, um, how do we, like you guys as players, how do you see the roles coming together for this team? I'll call on uh, accuracy first since you're, you're right. right first on the screen there. I got you. Um, basically, like that's just from the fans saying that from their perspective because they're not doing like a deep dive into how the game's actually played and like watching the way people play. But and I know the oh, fans shit. love stats and all that. So if they do like a little deep dive in the stats, um, if you look at Mike's stats, he does not play like a typical main AR in any sense. Like all the main ARs, including myself, like I had the number one most hill time for a main AR. Mike had like the absolute lowest. So that's not typical of a main AR. So he already plays completely opposite from me. So it works out perfectly because I would gravitate more towards the hill. And he already plays like an island type player that takes routes. So it works. That chemistry is already there just from natural tendencies. Yeah, it's just it's just a natural mesh. Like if he's playing it, playing around the hill and I'm playing on the rotation, like it just lines up perfectly. Like obviously yeah. me... I did like uh, I laid out everything myself. I could see the play styles and when it comes to like discipline and things like that too. Like our this roster, like I already know Preston's mentality on a lot of things and how he sees the game. And obviously Dylan and Lamar have been playing together like last year and seeing like their play styles and how I know me and Preston think and play. Like it's just a it's just I I, I see nothing but like good things. I agree. Well, also, like, you weren't always a main AR either. Like, you literally nah, yeah, just yeah. went into that role. Yeah. I, obviously, I, you wanted to be that, that main AR, but, like. <clears throat> yeah, I went into the year, like, wanting to be a main AR. But, I mean, in World War II, I was a flex. Um, Black Ops 4, I was a flex. I mean, it was the Maddox, but I was still also a flex. So, I really think I could just play that flex role. It's, it's if... so weird. It's so weird to me that, like, I feel like people, like, view you as a main AR all just because yeah. of this is one year. Like it's so weird. Yeah, it's just your bro. Your gameplay is not typical of a man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all the recency bias. Is really bad with recency biases. Yeah, you fry the last map. You're the best in the world. You get shit on. You're the worst in the world. It's just all about recency bias. Yep. Yeah. Last at bat. Last event. Last match. Like that's just how it is. So it's understandable. People are kind of confused about it, but from all the players' perspectives, like I think our team is perfectly set up for roles as yeah, good I, as it can get. I ran, I ran a sub for an event this year, and I actually felt like I played that really well. Like, did you actually do it at an it, event? Because I remember scrimming you guys, and, yeah, and you guys, I, yeah, you guys were doing really well in those scrims. Yeah, I, yeah, I did, it, I did it for an entire event. It was, um, I can't remember what home series it was. We played Dallas in finals, though. Um, mm, Chicago, right? I think, yeah, Chicago. Right in the middle of the year. Yeah, it was right in the, right in the middle of the year. And like, yeah, dude, I made that switch with like, go. we scrimmed probably like a week and a half, two weeks with that switch and then played the event just because we were trying to figure out what was the most comfortable way for uh, me and MC to like, because I like, again, I was taking those routes and having a sub, it would be a lot easier to like finesse and play those corners, play those angles. Yeah. But also, you know, me doing so, it just left like, there wasn't a lot of. And it was it was a lot harder for us to like break hills and hold hills. So I mean, we ended up switching back. But like, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm very versatile on the aspect of dude, the whole main thing is just that's just an outside perspective. And people are on Preston's head about like running a sub, but I don't think this the guy fans. Is. Yeah, I don't think the fans realize how <laughs> talented Preston is, and the fact that MW had like the least amount of talent was needed to be good with a sub in that game everyone was good with a sub yep. in that game because you yeah. killed in one bullet 
Well, this is actually hard to use the sub press would be the best. No, yeah, this is like actually one of the only games that I actually just hated running a sub in, and I I think it kind of just like varied on the team I was on. I mean, like I had MC, I had Cell, Obezi, and Simp on my team. Like it was gonna be hard for me to do anything. <laughs> like yeah, like you know, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, kind yeah, of the sub gameplay of that the, game the, the was smoke that. and the trophy. Smoke and trophy, bro. He created those strats. Me and Mike were just like role players, to be honest, on the team. It was kind of we were kind of letting the other three just run around and fry. I mean, which is what any team should do with those three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How quickly people forget uh, Sog Priesta. They just yeah, exactly. Sog Priesta, <laughs> like not like not only is he the entry, but he's also setting it up and communicating it, and like mm -hmm. being able to have those two things, like communicating and just getting pieces, flying in and piecing. <laughs> yeah, like come on, the whole he's pretty, he's yeah. pretty incredible. can't run a sub is is this. Not an argument. It's not really. even a real thing. It just comes nah. from MW, and MW had the lowest skill ceiling for any. Every sub player will say it publicly that that was the worst sub gameplay that any sub player played through a whole season. Yeah, I mean, like, I... yeah, MW. Well, you know, it was a game. It wasn't. You know, it was just a video <laughs> game. <laughs> that's uh, that's a, that's about it. No, but I mean, I think I think like the versatility of this team is another thing that makes it so good. Everyone on this team isn't really someone who's too concerned with being in the spotlight and being that player who is just throwing up these crazy stat lines every game. And I think that's going to, I think that's uh, a big reason why Dallas was like super good this year. Every player on that team was kind of just focused on playing the game, like in the most correct way possible. And that's what made them so successful at the end of the year. And 100%. I feel like that's kind of the mindset yeah. we have here as well. No one is like too yep. dead set on being in the spotlight and everyone is going to do exactly what the team needs them to do in order to, to uh, win. Efficiency, that's my word. I'm gonna, every day we get on, I'm going to be like, remember, efficiency. <laughs> that's literally that. the key word. It's not always about that that final style. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's nice to get ranked up in the top three, top two, top one players stat-wise in the league, but it's all about those results that you put up you know, afterwards. And I feel like with this group that's... of guys, you guys are right there. Yeah, if you want to win, yeah, that, stats, stats, stats don't matter. Stats, yeah, stats paint a certain picture. Stats only like it paint a certain picture. Doesn't tell the whole story though. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I look, I look at the mini map and the routes people are taking. You're spawning up. You're going the right way. Like yeah, yeah. that's important. A lot of people don't understand that, but yeah. it's definitely very important to be consistent and consistently win. I Sorry to cut you 100%. off. No, you're good. You're good. I'm just trying to get some questions in from the chat because I want to make sure we get in some Q&A here from the chat so you we'll guys do. can connect with these guys. So I don't know if it's Attic, Atik, asks, um, Lamar. this is for Lamar and Attach. Um, so why why the decision to kind of duo together, stick together, and, and leave New York? And what like kind of made you guys want to duo together? And this is for Attach. Are you going to miss Zuma? That's one of the questions. I don't got this. Don't got um, why you so to when it came down to the roster changes with New York and just just off season in general, there was just some people didn't want to team with some people, didn't see eye to eye, and that's just gonna happen. Like after you team together for a year, uh, some people could kind of just butt heads and not work too well together, and it was kind of like a, a mutual thing between me and New York, um, to to let me leave, like. I said I wanted to play with Lamar. Of course, Lamar got released, and then uh, New York kind of made it easy for me to transition. Like, they didn't try and force me to stay or anything. They kind of just gave me free will to do what they wanted or to do what I wanted. And uh, it was a tough decision because, I mean, leaving someone that you've teamed with for so long and that you've grown up with has been one of your best friends of the community for this long. It's definitely a tough decision to leave Tommy. Uh, it's always going to be my brother. I'm going to miss him. But um, it's uh, – I think – 
I just the way Lamar and I play Call of Duty, we see very eye to eye and have a one goal in mind every day when we get on, and uh, we'll try our best to enforce it every day and improve as a team and get consistent and to know what each other are doing at every single moment with this new squad. So just practicing our our efficiency and consistency, and uh, I just really like the way Lamar views COD. Damn, you're getting me hyped yeah. up. Let's scream right now. Dude, I know. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting back on Warzone. <laughs> yeah, dude, you guys got to go play more Warzone. Count down the minutes till the Cold War beta hits. Obviously, you guys are going to be streaming the Cold War beta, right? Just, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right, especially with this team. That's a no-brainer. All right, so I have a question for Priesta, actually. Ten Herta wants to know, did Priesta have offers from other orgs? Uh, absolutely. Um, and then what made you choose rock, uh, Rocker? So, Preston, you know, when you're looking at free agency this year, what were you looking for as far as finding a good home for yourself and then your teammates and who you wanted to team with? What were you looking for? What made you choose Rocker? Yeah, so I mean, I did have offers from other organizations. Uh, I kind of like just like looked around and saw my my options. Um, and once I heard me and Mike were kind of dropped, you know, I wanted to stick with him, obviously, and try to find the spot. And I didn't know if it was going to happen. So, you know, both of us were looking at all of our options and it all just ended up circling back to me and Mike just being together. And it just felt like it was meant to be kind of thing. And uh, when Attach and Lamar were in the equation, I mean, once this team got brought up, it just, like, it kind of made sense. I feel like we all kind of think alike, and we're all just going to, like, work super hard. Like, this is probably going to be one of the most hardworking teams I've been a part of. And, like, we're all going to be playing tens. Like, we just got to get Mike in tens, but I know me and <laughs> me, Lamar. I'll be there. Well, well Mike, the thing is, Mike plays CDL. He doesn't play tens. Like, he still grinds, though. Like, yeah. you know, he's playing, he's playing the game. But this team is like a team that's just gonna, you know, they're gonna we're gonna be playing all the time and we all wanna win. So like just like the, the mindset we all have, I think it just like it just made sense to me and I've also played the game, so I know how the pacing is and I know how the play style is gonna be and it just kinda makes sense for it to happen. Right on. We've got a, another question from the chat. Now, we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the podcast here. Brett, um a lot of people are wondering, you know, are these guys moving to minnesota what's going on do they have to relocate brett do you want to just kind of touch on maybe like a shortened version of the explanation from earlier um you know what's expected of the guys and wh where they're playing from and this crazy world that we're living in with a pandemic oh you're muted bud sorry i got the double mute thing going oh that's here. okay you're good yeah, so we talked a little bit about this at the start of the podcast, uh, just for those who, who've been around, uh, who've been hanging since then. But yeah, you know, our, our approach uh, for this year is to be flexible, right? And and I know the guys are talking about uh, a couple of different scenarios, and they can speak to that. Um, wanting to live in the place that's you know best from a competitive standpoint, um, you know, for the for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, once we're on the back end of the pandemic, um, as we look ahead to 2022. I'm looking forward to having everybody in Minnesota. Uh, you know, we've got a great facility. I know some of you guys had a chance to see it um, uh, launch weekend. Uh, and, and um, you know, Dylan and Lamar, if you guys haven't seen it yet, looking forward to having you out here soon. 
Um, but long term, um, excited to to bring the guys Players, to Minnesota. But um, short term, we're gonna have some flexibility uh, in where everybody lives to make sure everybody's for, uh, got the best um, possible situation competitively and just from a, a comfort and safety for, like, standpoint while we're still in this uh, crazy lens, pandemic world that we live in. Of the new game, are you looking forward? Absolutely. To um, so question. Okay, so uh, going to Cold War and going uh, talking about competitive actually is a good, very good question. Um, I'm glad squad spawns won't be a thing anymore. Uh, definitely not going to miss those. So I'm kind of excited to get back on that old COD engine that we all grew up playing and knowing and loving and uh, where you can uh, kind of do some more critical thinking while you're in the game and yeah. being smarter will pay off more than just trade, 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 over wins the gunfights kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to uh, just playing a traditional COD, really. And then, of course, with Treyarch coming in and releasing the game, I don't think Treyarch can, uh, they really can't do any wrong. They always have a very well-made game, and they always really take care of it and are making changes. So it's awesome to see them already be so proactive on fixing the game and making the changes even before it's close to being out. So we love Treyarch. Um, and I'm, ex I'm excited for the next game. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Tony Flame stan. <laughs> yeah, Maddox we love Tony Flame Maddox and Maddox. I'm a I'm a David Vondahar stan. In Vaughn we trust. Um obviously super excited to see see this next year. Um Major Maniac, how about you? What are you looking most forward to in, with a with a brand new Call of Duty and Cold War in specific? Um, I mean, going into Cold War, obviously we have Treyarch as our developer. I think the thing I'm excited most for is probably four v four. I think five e five, it's it's good. It it was very it was very <laughs> yeah. it was it was good to agree. It was it's good, good to agree. Um, but when it comes to like uh, respawn, especially search and destroy, like strats and things like that are very flood heavy. So search and destroy in four v four, it's I feel like for me personally, I can paint a picture a lot easier. Um, and there's not going to be like it's easier it's easier to track players and to really like adjust mid game instead of just head bashing a site three, four or five minutes hitting a site. Like a lot of these strats have been the last two years. So for S and D, I think that's going to be a lot better, um, a lot more fundamental. And then again, like no squad spawns, that's also a plus. Um, a big thing for me with Treyarch games is how vibrant the games are. So like having the game that's actually appealing to, to look at is also important. And then again, like the developer support that Treyarch has already shown, um, those are those are probably the main things I'm most excited for. So, yeah, definitely agree. I definitely feel supported every time, and it's not to like slight Infinity Ward, but like Treyarch just goes above and beyond with their support. And well, you know, we played Domination this year. Come on. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it feels good going into a a, a Treyarch game. Um, no, I I can't imagine Dom will be back. Um, so so Preston, what are you looking most forward to, Priesto? What are you looking forward to in in Cold War? What's your number one like first thing that you either want to get into, or that you're excited about? Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously four v four. Um. But for the actual game itself, I'm just looking forward to like the maps and just the spawns. I think the maps are gonna be laid out a lot better and. There's not going to be any more doors, hopefully, and that'll that'll be good. I, I think the maps are just going to be well, like just way better than this year, and just the vibrant colors. I mean, I play, I got the chance to play the game, and the maps are like just the vibes in the maps were just fun to play and just look at. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, uh, 
back on the map design topic i feel like map design is easily the most important part of any competitive fps and then you know as long as the maps are good everything else will kind of fall into place yeah agreed Agreed. maps maps and spawn system are the two that's Mm -hmm. the two that's the baseline right there everything else like guns and things like that can be tweaked but if you don't have a good maps then it really just starts there and minnesota camos Yeah, I think um, I think maps are, are super important to you. Good call, Brian. I think I, I think even back like before Black Ops Four came out, maps were noted as like the most important part for competitive. And obviously, we've I I think I think some of us in in this call uh, got our hands on Cold War early. If not, you know, we'll obviously be grinding the beta in just under a month. Um, the, it was a little weird with those like larger maps where they had like 10v10 or whatever, 12v12, whatever it was, yeah. that absurd stuff. But the maps that were smaller, that were clearly designed for 6v6 in mind, and when you're trying to think about playing those on 4v4, it just the layout is so much more appealing and the size that they are. And just everything that I saw from like, uh, I think it was Miami, whatever map was in Russia with the really long Moscow. street. Oh, Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, those, ah, I just, I have really good vibes going into this year. Um Accuracy, what's what's your thought? I think I just want want to get your thought going into the new game, and then we'll answer another question from the chat. We got one time for one more question after this. So chat, um, I think. Go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, chat, <laughs> put more questions in the chat before we go. Um, I think the number one thing that I'm looking forward to is the gunplay. Like Modern Warfare had the had like half the time to kill of any COD we've ever played, so everyone just killed in literally one bullet. And it looked like everyone just shot super straight and zapped people across the map and hit fire people across the map. So I'm looking forward to having actual real gunfights and like not having that happen where you just have advantageous position and someone chows you and hits like one headshot or like two bullets because they kill in one shot and, you know, take you out of that position or whatever it is. So I'm looking forward to having real gunfights again. I like that. that. Mm -hmm. So Um, from... uh... Let me ask a noob question. So, oh, Hedy is safe. How does that talk a little bit more about how that how that impacts what you're thinking about as players or as coaches when the when the time to kill is longer? Um, when time to kill is longer, like you have to have better positioning because you're not just going to be able to be caught out in the open and just you know hit like a good snap and get someone off a of Hedy or whatever it is. When the time to kill is longer, like it doesn't matter how good of a shot you hit most of the time. If he has better positioning, he's going to kill you. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, I also I also think the switch to PC is going to help with that a lot. Uh, just playing at a higher frame rate uh, on servers with a lot more hertz is is going to negate um, cameraing to an extent Call of Duty hasn't really seen before. Uh, a big reason cameraing was always so uh, relevant in COD is kind of because of the tick rates of console servers. On top of that, consoles really get capped at a um, a hard 30 or 60 FPS, depending on what the game is. So uh, with the switch to PC, I think you're going to see positioning reign supreme more often than not. Amen to that, was... bro. Go, go ahead, Jake. Sorry, I was getting hyped. I am. No, I'm just, I'm super excited for the PC switch, and it seems like the chat is too. Like, a lot of their questions are around... <laughs> Like, what controllers are you guys using? Because I feel like this opens the floodgates. I mean, I mean, people might whip out the 360 controllers again. The best controller ever made. We get scuffed okay. to make some rocker 360 controllers. I will die happy, bro. I will die happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying on PS4. PS4. Yeah, I'll probably keep yeah. it on PS4. Just for yeah. Claw, like, oh, yeah. it just feels so much easier. 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, for, I, no, honestly, it's not even the claw aspect. Like, I would, I would love clawing again on 360. It's just smart bumpers and triggers are just yeah. way too uh, good to yeah. not yeah. use. If they put us, if they put that on 360, I'm out. I'm off the 360 yeah. again. Well, I shoot with bumpers. <laughs> yeah. I love shooting with bumpers. Wait, Mike, you use triggers, all right? Yeah, I use triggers. Yeah, so though. for you, it doesn't yeah. really matter. But yeah, like for me, like since I play Claude, just like shooting with the bumpers, it just makes it so much easier with the PS4. Yeah, yeah, until someone comes out and starts frying, and you're like, yo, what controller do you use, bro? <laughs> 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 like, yeah, I, like, yeah, I, I got the GameCube. Right, guys, like, I'm on the Xbox One. <laughs> I, I, I already know Krim is just to... going to have a collection of a multitude of controllers, bro. This guy's going to be trying out, like, a Wii controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the Nintendo Switch controller. It's frying. <laughs> Um, I'm really interested to kind of see how the Switch to PC with a controller impacts just how they're able to run these tournaments. If it is truly better, like you, like like Coach Brian Saint brought up, like not being able to camera or just those those low hertz. I mean, you guys are playing on insanely low hertz at, at one point this this year. Meanwhile, CS is on one twenty eight. Must be nice. Must be nice. Nah, it's it's pretty crazy just to see. It's 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 evolving, and it's always not. Hey, day one you're gonna have every single thing you need, but I feel really good going to this year. Controller on a PC. Treyarch's here. Brand new lineup. I'm freaking hype. I mean, I'm I'm like you guys. I just wish that the the beginning of the season just started tomorrow. Like we still have to wait. Same. For the new cards yep. gonna come out. Um. All right. Two more questions, then I'm gonna let you guys go. Um. Yeah. There's one that I want to answer because sure. I, I kept seeing someone saying in the chat. Max has just kept asking uh, if we have a substitute yet and if it's gonna be a returning player. Uh, the answer to that is no. We do not have a substitute yet. Uh, right now we're currently leaning toward waiting to see how the game plays out and then, you know, getting one of the top cha uh, challenger players earlier in the season uh, once we kind of see who's been performing really well. Absolutely. Yeah, good to good to call that out. Definitely people are wondering, like, hey, how's the, how's the rest of this fill up? I'm excited to see. I mean, obviously we have we have four extremely talented starting players, but having that depth at, at sub is, is always good, especially if it's younger, younger talent coming up. Um, I have an interesting question, and I'm actually curious myself, and it's okay if this hasn't been decided, or maybe this is something that gets sussed out, like, you know, when the game comes out and we start practicing officially, but, like, Who's the IGL on this team? Who's the in-game leader? Who's the person that's calling those shots, whether it's in S&D or in the respawns? Is there any sense of who that person is right now? Um, coaches, players, any um, I mean, that, okay, that's I, – I, I can kind of um, speak on that because that's one thing I honestly thought of when I was trying to figure out what roster I wanted to be on, things like that. Um, I know me and Preston were probably the most vocal players on our team last year. And I know the kind of vocal player that Lamar is. So I think we're going to have a, just a very good balance um, between like that vocal leadership and mm -hmm. just kind of adjusting each other mid-game if we have to and things like that. I mean, S&D, I've always like just even playing S&D tournaments in the past, like I've always just kind of like been a shot caller. Like I think of strats myself, things like that. Obviously, if they don't work out or everybody has other ideas like out mean, we can go to go to those as well but i mean yeah like i think everybody has their own voice and i think that's i don't really i for me i don't really see the whole there needs to be one vocal leader i think it just needs to be a group of people that is everybody has their you know their own voice and someone will speak up in a position where they think they need to and yeah just help the team in that way I mean, it's yeah, just different, especially especially in game. Like, if you're in a if you're in a playing at a slower pace than the rest of the team, you're in a position where 
they're in the mix and you're not, then it's your job to be more vocal because you just, you don't have a lot going on your screen. So it's really just depends on the situation as well. So. Yeah, I think that's a big issue with a lot of teams. A lot of teams have player a ton of players on their roster who are just really quiet and don't really give uh, much input, you know, in-game or during scrims or anything like that. And all four players on this team are, you know, extremely vocal and, you know, will gladly express their opinion. I think that's the biggest thing, too. And one thing I'm really looking forward to is, um, for the most part, I've done, like, most of that organizing for my teams in the past. And... I think that like my weak point on that was an S and D. So to have Mike on the team, who's like been one of the best S and D players the last few years in the CDL, uh, could take a step up in that position and you know lead us to victory in that game mode, and I can handle the respawns a little more. Like I'm so excited to have that because he's an insane S and D player and you know knows the game mode perfectly, so he could lead us in that area like amazingly. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's. I, when I view the team, I look at obviously Mike or Major Maniac, who who Lamar just referenced as like, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I guess quote the chat keeps saying the oldest player in the league. So he's got the he's got the. What's funny is that's a running gimmick, and people still are like convinced I'm like Clay's age. <laughs> why? Why is it? Is that I don't know the no, origin not, of that. It's I'm because like, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call out this rocker staff person. Uh, yeah. on, on the podcast, but we had a rocker staff person who like truly believed that meme. For I was a yeah, <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of people still do, which is funny. And like I'm. It's, yeah, it's I fun. I saw it. I think I saw it for yeah. the first time this morning. I was like, dude, Clay's definitely the oldest. Like, what are they talking about? I was like, oh, okay, it's me. But I don't know the origin yeah. of it. But he's <laughs> not even the oldest on the team. I'm oldest. <laughs> the origin is um, it was the Minnesota uh, um, the league the league uh, home series. Right. And they were announcing our team, and Puckett had said like the oldest player in the league or the oldest player <laughs> on the team. <laughs> When I came out, and so people after that just thought I was the oldest player. <laughs> nice. So in the entire league, just but just for just for definitely not. Twenty two years old. Twenty two, still young. Uh, I mean, all of you guys compared, especially to me, are, you all are still young. Y'all are still super young. Um, accuracy, I think, is technically the oldest on the team. Um, but like yeah. I said, you guys are all still pretty young. Um, yeah. So yeah, really Lamar, cool to kind 20, of. Lamar, are you twenty? 24. 24. I just turned 24. Bro, yeah, the oldest player on the team is 24. That's crazy. <laughs> that's I just turned 24. Um, me and Preston are both 22. So. Right on. Um, one is. one last question. Uh, crap, what was it? Man, I lost it. I j it got lost in the YouTube chat. It was it was pretty decent. Obviously, switching to PC, we covered that. Who's the end game leader? Um, I guess just just to kind of put a bow on this. Um. Tell me the the one thing you're most excited about joining not only Minnesota Rocker but just this team kind of uniting. It's basically two duos, um, obviously in attach and accuracy and major maniac and Priesta melding together. What are each each one of you? I'll let you guys go. Um, what's what's your favorite part about joining Rocker and this team immediately? I'll I'll start with you, accuracy, since you're first on my screen. Um, my favorite part is honestly like having knowing the character of everyone on the team like I know there's not going to be any personality issues like no bumping heads in that regard and I know everyone's work ethic like we mentioned before so that's one of the main things that I'm super excited about because I never want to go into a match or a tournament or whatever and lose because the other team just outworked us or you know did any of that I want to lose because we actually lost at the game. They outplayed us or whatever it is. I never want to lose because I'm underprepared or my teammates are underprepared or any of that. So that's one thing that I'm super, super excited about. 
All right, and then Priesta, you're next on on the lineup. What are you thinking uh, in terms of uh, obviously joining joining this team, and then just with this roster in specific, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to just four v four. Obviously, with this team, is just it's just gonna be fun. It's gonna be exciting to do, and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting a win for Rocker again, and you know, just. I'm just excited for it all and uh, to shut all the haters down. I mean, there's a lot of positivity that's been coming out of this, but there are some haters, and I can't wait to prove them wrong. So, I like that. that. I like yeah. that energy. I love, love it. that. That's love Minnesota. Feed all the demon. <laughs> yeah, feed feed the feed the ra or feed the don't feed the trolls. Let them feed you. That's what they say. Yeah, um, I mean. It happened. It happened last year too. I mean, with our Atlanta face team, everyone was saying, "Oh, you don't have a main AR. You don't have a leader. All this stuff." And then we ended up winning tournaments. So. It's kind now of major maniacs too much of a main AR. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Last year he's not one. This year he is. <laughs> Nobody can make up their mind. Um, Attach, what about you? When you think of joining up, obviously, um, you know, knowing you and Accuracy are a duo, joining up now with Major Maniac and Priest on Rocker, uh, what are you just most excited about with this new lineup? Uh, I mean, just everything about it, from the talent to how they are when they think about in game they're how they are as people too like they're just all really easy to work with really good people some of my good friends and uh they're obviously really good at call of duty so that helps a lot it makes me super excited to have people that you can just talk with chill with outside of game while still building inside a game and becoming the best team you can be and then whenever we're in a situation where our backs up against the wall i know we're gonna ice up everyone has the gunny and we're gonna be good so just all around everything about the roster is perfect and we you reunite. The trigger word. You said the exactly. trigger and word. We friends, bro. You can't say that. Oh yeah, I can't. I actually hate everyone. Yeah. Whatever you say. Whenever you say friends, yeah, the fans are like, friendship dude, league. Like, yeah. No, we're not friends. Uh, no, we're not friends. We're three-way right. teammates, but they're nasty. Associates. Yeah. Associates. Um, very nice. So, the major maniac. Uh, save the best for last year. What are you thinking going into this year? Uh, new lineup, fresh team. What are you excited for? Um, basically kind of what Lamar's had said earlier too. the, like the personality, um, all four of us have and like the mentality, obviously I played with Preston last year. I've known Preston before that. Um, so not having like that drama outside of game, which is super important. Um, just being friends outside of the game is, is good. But yeah. Like also having that talent in the play styles and the versatility that will mesh no matter the meta um and yeah like just honestly just getting getting that first scrim and just start working from the from that from that first map on learn the game the way we think it's supposed to be played and set the meta from there on so i love I that. Like that i love the vibes yep. i'm excited to be trendsetters Heck Trust yeah, me, dude. we will be Jake. <laughs> Jake I'll, I'll let uh, Jake and Brian answer the same question. Obviously, you guys kind of went in depth on, you know, obviously the roster choices and, and how we got here. Jake, what are you most looking forward to with this new lineup uh, going into 2021? Yeah, I think I'm most excited to have four players that at any point in time, any one of you could just take a game over and absolutely bail your other three teammates out. Like every single person on our team has that it factor from a raw skill, straight up gunny standpoint, where if it comes down to it and your back's against the wall and we need someone to go up big, I'm going to have complete faith that every single person on our team will step up and do that for us. Um, additionally, 
this is something almost everyone's touched on at this point. The work ethic in this group is unbelievable. From the second the game drops and the second we spawn in and jump into a scrim, it will be nothing but constrictive um, constrictive feedback. Everyone's open and super receptive to taking feedback. But I almost most importantly, everyone will be giving input. Um, so practices will be efficient. Practice will be about getting better um, every day. And honestly, I'm just looking forward to this game to launch because I I haven't been this excited about something in a really, really long time. Dude, y'all yeah, be so hype, bro. I'm so sorry, that, dude. I think I'm Jake can cover it. We load up on Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake definitely covered a lot of the points I was going to say, but the other two things I want to bring up are kind of two things we really struggled at a lot last year. Uh, we weren't good at closing out respawn games. I think things got really uh, hectic and frantic in our, in our comms late game, and that's not really something uh, we're going to have to deal with on this team. I think everyone's, you know, super composed and has had a lot of clutch moments and, you know, the highest pressure of situations. And on top of that, our S&D last year was not great by any means. It was quite bad, actually. We had a lot of really good early round strats, but when it came down to the uh, the mid round plays and decision making, I feel like that's where we lost a lot that's of our S yeah. That's where we lost a lot of our S&D rounds, and that's not really something uh, you can teach too much. It's something that really comes organically to a lot of players, and I think everyone on this team knows how to play mid round S and D uh, exceptionally well. Uh, that, that, I, I, I now nah, you're good. I, I just want to say that yeah, I actually had mentioned that to Lamar on the phone. It's funny you say that, Brian. Like that's the most important aspect of S and D, in my opinion. Yeah, mid round adjustments, like without a doubt, and being able to communicate and be on the same page while doing so. So, like we had a lot of good early round strats last year. Like we were getting blood a lot of time. We were getting you know like two for one trades and putting ourselves in like four v threes or getting it down to three v threes, two v twos, and and rounds like that. But our, our win rate once it got down to like three v threes and two v twos, et cetera, et cetera, was extremely low. I'm well, I said for you, Rodori. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to, to you guys that. turning that around. Um, Brett, any kind of closing thoughts here? What are you most looking forward to? Is it the fact that roster mania is done for our starting lineup and we don't have to worry about it anymore? Or are you just like already thinking like, yo, this next season, um, just excited for everything to start. Where, what are you feeling and thinking, uh, Brett, kind of going into the next season? Oh man, if I said all the things that I was pumped up about, all our staff that are in the chat would probably uh, drop out and run for the hill. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to have this year. No, you know, it, it's crazy because last year, uh, you know, roster mania dragged on for a while. So heading into this, I don't think any of us really thought we'd be announcing and have our starting four locked up on uh, the official first day. So nice to have that one checked off the list. But I mean, just super pumped to to have these four guys as a part of this organization. Um, you know, and this is something where you know we've got uh, we've got a couple months before the new game comes out, and then some time before the season starts. But I mean, you can feel the hype in the chat here. You can feel the hype with the guys. Um, I'm, I'm curious um, when, when that moment came, when you guys turned the stream back on, you were in the rocker gear, like what was the vibe like in your chat? Were you feeling, uh, were you feeling the rocker fans? Were they giving you the love? Yeah, definitely. Got oh, a lot yeah. of love. Definitely love. Bunch yeah. of W's in the chat. Yeah. Lots of love. <laughs> Everyone was hyped. I downed a cold brew instantly and just was <laughs> twisted. Everything, everything was great. So much love, and we just ready to get to work and make everyone proud.
Love that. Awesome. Let's uh let's bring home a chip this year. That's our goal. Um, that's that's all we want here at Minnesota is just to get not only a chip but just like get that ring at the end of the year, right? That's what it all. <laughs> so I know I'm thinking way far ahead in advance at this point. I'll let you guys go. Uh, I really appreciate obviously the players for stopping by, the coaches, Brett. I'm Ashley, aka Midnight, and thank you to all the viewers of the stream. If you're live, especially, thank you so much. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and like it if like you're into that. No pressure. It's up to you. And if you're listening to this uh, after the fact on Spotify or iTunes or wherever else you can listen to podcasts, thank you. I appreciate you. Anyways, um, this is it. Minnesota Rocker. Uh, we're, we're out. We're going to go, I guess, get hype, play Warzone, make content, and then grind the new game when it comes out. That's our immediate plans. So we'll catch you guys next time.